It was the dawn of the podcast age, 12 years before the Earth pandemic. A dream was given form, a place where science fiction and fantasy readers could work out their differences peacefully. Our last best hope for a good read. The name of the podcast is Sword and Laser. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. everyone. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Just like you? Like clones? Like AI, like uploaded versions of your conscience? Oh, Conscious? oh like large, Conscious? Lang- large language Like a, like a large language model, but it's you. actually built off of your own consciousness. Fans just like a mimic of your consciousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sequenced properly. But is it is it a mimic of my conscious or is it a mimic of their conscious? When Theirs. who is the you in this scenario? Theirs. Who is the you in this scenario? Who That's the question. Mm. That's the question. That's true. Yeah. Let me let me do something with my palps. <laughs> Wiggle them. <laughs> or in in the case of the new book we're reading, are you gonna fist something? Is your heart going to get fisted? Is your chest going to get fisted? Everything, everything That's, in this book gets fisted. Let me tell you. The, let the, me just, you mean, uh, you mean our June book? Our June book pick. Yes. Yeah. A lot of fisting. I have, I have started <laughs> that book. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the fist. <laughs> Oh, you are, are you? Oh, that's good. So far. It's important. Well, it's important. I'll say if I stop. Enjoy. <laughs> and John Nevin says, the festivities. Ah, that's right. <laughs> it's a festive book. It's a festival. Yeah, it's a festival. Um, so we'll kick that book off later um, is where this is leading off to. But uh, Tom, what are you, what are you nomming on this week? I went and had some tacos. Mm. Yeah. Any any particular kind? Any anything special uh, about were, them? They were chicken tacos. They were at uh, Los Amigos in Greenville, Illinois. Good. How did they compare to uh, Southern California? I have to ask. They they they, they don't. They don't. They just don't. <laughs> yeah. <you laughs> just know, no. Don't do that. <laughs> Why would you even bring that up, Veronica? Don't say that. Don't compare. It's ridiculous. That. That's unfair. Rude. It's not rude. Nice. That's not nice. Uh, no, they're fine. They're fine. But yeah, it's, um, uh, tell you what the corn here is, uh, you can't compare California corn to corn in here in Illinois. All right. You know, everybody's got to have something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I made, uh, Instagram pasta. Oh, and how'd it turn out? Not as attractive as the photos. It never does. It never does. I don't know why that is. Uh, it was a vegan recipe. I added a lot of Parmesan, so that do, probably improved it. Do you think they shellac their pictures on Instagram? I don't know. It looked it looked a lot like creamier and more attractive. And that's what people say about me. <laughs> creamier and more attractive. Nice. Like, yeah, I thought he'd be creamier. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It was, I, and I used instead of the, the noodles that they recommended, if you click on the link in the show notes, you'll be able to see it. It was, um, I used like little bicycles and like tiny little bicycle pasta. Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was I know, good. I know what you're yeah. About. Yesterday, yeah. my brother-in-law made uh, a school cafeteria pizza. How so? Like he found the USDA recipe that was issued to schools in the seventies. What? Down, down converted the ingredients and made a sheet of square pizzas. Good for him. Was it? It was good? pretty darn close. It was it was good, yeah, and it was pretty darn close to what what you remember. Wow, yeah. I really loved Pizza Day. Like I yeah, recognized at the time that it was not delicious necessarily, but I that liked it. Wasn't it. The, yeah, exactly. It, 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 there's a nostalgia flavor. It was always like it. French bread pizza. That's what they oh, like. Really? French no, bread pizza. Flat, I feel like is a thing that didn't exist. We had flat square anywhere else pizza. in the world. Okay, we had French a lot of French bread mm. pizza. That's because that you're so close to thing. Maine. And France? <laughs> well, Maine, they speak a lot of French in Maine. Do they? Oh, yeah. Because it's near Quebec? Yeah, there's a lot of- Or what? A lot of old uh, Francophones living there. I had no idea. No yeah. idea. Yeah. We have two All big I know Francophone is you can't get there from here. In, in hmm? Maine and New Orleans. In Louisiana? Yeah, New Orleans. Louisiana. I guess all, a lot more than New Orleans, but yeah. So I highly recommend taking a vegan Instagram pasta and making it not vegan. Mm-hmm. However, that works for you. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. Yeah. The kid liked it. That's all that matters. Hey, that, that, that's a win. Yep. All right. Let's hop into the quick burns. Chris K says that Andy Circus is narrating an unabridged edition of the Silmarillion. Narrating... <laughs> The Silmarillion due out. Does he still uh, have a voice after that? Due out this month, due out June. Wow. How many hours? I don't know. 75. Probably. I made that up. It's uh, not true. (laughs) Don't quote me on that, that please. That was an exaggeration. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't really say here. I guess we'll find out. Brown in the chat says, that's like reading IKEA assembly instructions. (laughs) I actually actually like I like the Silmarillion, but it's not a story. That's the thing you have to mm-hmm. remember. It's like it's like reading history, except it's for yeah. Middle Earth, not regular Earth. Tomahomey Apparently, Tomahomey is 15 hours. 15 hours. That's as long, that basically, as our recent, our recent book pick, I think, is roughly yeah, that as well. 15 would not be that bad. It's actually not that thick. The Silmarillion That's is what not she said. huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Am I sorry? You're not. Am That's I? That's the thing. Am I sorry? I'm not sorry. Maybe I've been doing this too just, long to be sorry. Oh, we have more to come. We Maybe we should move on to the next one because there's one in oh. here that you're going to be very sorry that if it doesn't happen. Oh, I can't happen, wait. No. Yeah. Oh, wait. All right. Robert Later. S., I really only read the first two words of this next quick burn, got very excited, and then got less excited. Mm-hmm. You understand. I do. I do. I, I had the same experience when I first saw Robert S.'s post. Robert S. says, new King Killer novella focusing <laughs> on Bast coming out in November 2023. Yeah, but we're, I had get, a, we're getting more King Killer. So I'm, I I'm had a person mad. in my life recently who is not what I would say necessarily heavily involved in the science fiction fantasy world basically be mad at me 
because there wasn't a third King Killer Chronicle. Now, why were they mad at you for that? They shouldn't just even like be mad at Patrick like, Rothfuss, but why were they it mad felt at like you? They were mad at me. I, I feel like I took like it was per, very the, like the anger was very mm. directed at me. So they were angry about there not being a third book, and you were in the path of that anger, and they did not direct. I felt it like away I had to explain mm-hmm. a lot about Patrick Rothfuss and his life and worldview in order to take the heat off. You say he is not your bitch. <laughs> I did not though. Um, speaking of other authors. Um, who was that? Who was that? Who said that? Was, Neil did Neil Stevenson? Neil Gaiman said yeah. that. Okay, I was about to reference Neil Stevenson because mm-hmm. I just the name Neil popped into my mind in that moment, and it was in fact Neil Gaiman. Uh, Neil Stevenson is speaking at AWE this week ah. um, about metaverse stuff, and I'm kind of jealous I'm not there. But anyway, side note. Um, so sorry, let me continue on with that quick burn. A new King Killer Chronicle uh, focused on Bast coming out 2023. Um, So Patrick says, hey there, everybody. Later this year, I'm publishing a new novella. It's going to be similar to The Slow Regard of Silent Things. It's set in Temerant. It's going to be illustrated by the fabulous Nate Taylor, and it centers on one of the secondary characters from the King Killer Chronicles, Bast. Cool. And it's called The Narrow Road Between Desires. This is great. More, more king killer. It's been too long since we all got to enjoy some king killer. So I'm nothing but happy about this. Totally. Though I feel like it's also been so long that I feel like I need to like reread the first two just to remember who the hey, characters are at this point. Good excuse. Not the worst thing in the world, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of uh, rereading large volumes, uh, the Wheel of Time series uh, on Amazon Prime Video oh, is good. returning for season two on September 1st. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I enjoyed the first season. I thought it was really good. I did too. Yeah. Thought it was I well really done. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm stoked. Um, really looking forward to that. And I'm frankly, I've run out of shows. I have no other shows right now. No. So how did, how do no you run out shows. of shows? I have too many shows. Well, I finished succession. I finished Barry and that's all the shows. Oh, you haven't started silo. No, I don't have Apple TV. Well, you we can talked get about it. this. <laughs> it's not I'm, impossible I, we to get. We have it. We have it. <laughs> I just haven't started it yet. So, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible person. All right. No, no, um, you're not a bad person. That's just—it's funny when you're like, we don't have Apple TV, as if it's unobtainable. <laughs> I know, right? Like, like that's like that's the problem. It's fair to say um, I don't want to pay for Apple TV. I totally respect that. You know, I i don't but also at the same time they make really good shows and they don't yeah. seem to be uh canceling a lot of things so maybe they are actually so you can, the you can, you can one i should love. give money to <laughs> yeah quality content that doesn't screw over creators maybe i don't know am i reading this right maybe well not i, I don't know that a show getting canceled screws over creators shows getting canceled usually get canceled because not enough people are watching them. Uh, and, and so I, I look a little bit askance at, at people. Yes. I hate it when a show I like gets canceled, but I usually am adult and reconcile myself to the fact that I did. I liked it more than other people. What usually screws creators is not shows getting canceled, but the contracts that they mm, are forced mm-hmm. to sign under which they work. So that's mm-hmm. why there's a whole writer mm-hmm. strike right now. Right. I know. Kim Kardashian crossed the uh, picket line. She did? Yeah. To do what? 
I don't know. I don't even know why they care about her. I have no idea. I have no. I just saw that headline today, and I was like, "Oh, they—they're mad." I don't know were what they, she does. She like, have writers' credits on something. I don't know what this were they means. In front of Chanel or something like. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know. If she's Sorry, Chanel. I hit the microphone. She's probably Celine. I have no idea. Who? Who knows? Who knows? She gave everyone a Pepsi and ended the sh- the strike. That is a good callback, Coyote Brown. That was actually oh, Kendall Jenner. That, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, who, it, could, uh, it could be all in the yeah. family, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I like it. That was a good, good callback, though. I appreciate, appreciate. That was a deep cut. Um, all right, moving on. Steven says. SPFBO9 update submissions have ended. It took all of 40 minutes to reach the 300 books cutoff. 121 books were submitted in the first three minutes. You can read about it here with a really cool graph to illustrate the growing popularity of the contest among self-publishing authors. Uh, Joe Show Sherry says finalists for the Ignite Award were announced. A bunch of fabulous works on the ballot, and congrats to everyone. Nerds of a Feather is a finalist for the Critics Award, uh, which is super exciting for Joe as well. And yeah, g- good, well deserving, familiar names in best novel Babel by R.F. Kuang. Kaikei mm. by Vaishnavi Patel, Siren Queen by Nivo. The Blood Trials by Annie Davenport and The Spear Cuts Through Water by Simone Jimenez. Awesome. Very cool. Congratulations to everybody. Trike says, The Ant-Man autobiography, as seen in various Marvel movies and TV series, is now a real book. And Paul Rudd book advert, how's that for meta? (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch the video yet? No. So it's Paul Rudd. <laughs> it's written it's written by Scott Lang. It's Paul Rudd reading the book by Scott <laughs> Lang and then he stops and like, "Oh, I didn't see you there. Uh this is a book about uh Ant-Man who was played by me. I didn't write it. I don't know who did. But it's a book that was once a movie prop is now an actual book that you can buy. And you should do that, especially if you've never read a book before." <laughs> the uh the book is called Look Out for the Little Guy by Scott Lang. Yeah, that, that uh, he's was written two books. Yeah. Apparently, uh, let's see what's the, what's the other book he wrote. I didn't realize he had. Oh, okay, um, Scott Lang's Leadership Travel Guide <laughs> is the other book. Is that one real though? I think I don't know if that they ever made a real version of that one. This is on Goodreads, Tom. If it's on oh, Goodreads, it, it must be wow, real. It must be real. You can you can buy it on Amazon. That's amazing. It's a paperback for twenty nine ninety nine. Oh my gosh, thirty dollars for a trade. <laughs> all right here's the here's I need, are you sitting yes you're sitting down okay good i'm sitting down uh mark wrote joe Abercrombie says now no one get too excited because take it from a man hurt often in the past there's always plenty of shit that can go wrong but then linked to deadlines article rebecca ferguson in talks for skydance revenge pick best served cold tim miller directing tim miller did deadpool i'm not crying Shut up. Shut up. It's dusty in here. Shut up. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, if everybody doesn't uh, clock to that name right away, is the star of Silo. Mm. She plays the sheriff. Crushing it. Yeah. Killing it in in the genre world. And then the director of Deadpool doing. That's. Oh, wow. Yeah. I want to see Best Served Cold. I want to see Logan. Oh. Not Wolverine Logan, this Logan. <laughs> yeah, different Logan. Yeah, different, different Logan to Logan, fall in love with. Only nine figures on this Logan. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll keep we'll keep an ear to the ground for that one for sure. 
Um, Mark says Greg Van Eckhout uh, teased a new story this summer in the California Bones universe titled The Wolf and the Manticore. Uh, this might be the longer version of The Wolf and the Manticore, a short story by Van Eckhout, which was published in the Book of Magic, ed- edited by Gardner Dezois. Uh, Agnes works in the La Brea Tar Pits, helping the kingdom of Southern California make magical munitions, but she's secretly spying for the Northern Californians. Unfortunately, someone has figured this out. Oh, the La Brea Tar Pits. I know where those are. I, yeah, there? this is, I have not actually. That's a nice little I have museum. Not. And it's right next to the yeah. um, California, um, the, the modern art, LACMA, LA County Museum of Art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I loved the California Bones series. Yeah, um, I thought it was so great. Good. So I would definitely, definitely read more, <laughs> more stories in that, in that world for sure. What's, what's funny is I more recently read Greg's book, uh, where the dogs are piloting the spaceship. And so when it said California Bones, I was like, wait, he wrote California Bones too? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, of course he did. That's how we know about all of the things that he wrote. Um, mm-hmm. So that's great. I'm, I'm excited. The Wolf and the Manticore. And then T.T. Linz uh, pointed out that Anne Leckie and Adrian Tchaikovsky uh, are doing a talk on how science fiction writers build alien minds that will be happening on June 21st. Uh, we encourage people to post these sorts of things to the quick burns threads or in the discord. Uh, but we don't always talk about them because a lot of times they're happening too close to the time we publish. And by the time people mm. hear them, they might be over, but this one's far enough in advance, uh, that I feel like you, you got a good shot of, of signing up if you want. It's a virtual panel, June 21st, 3 PM Eastern. You can go to orbitbooks.net or look for the link in our show notes. Man, Adrian Tchaikovsky looks so serious. Yeah, well, he doesn't like he look every he looks, picture I've ever seen of it's him. It's like, oh yeah, Tchaikovsky, got it. Oh my god, why does he do that thing with his eyebrows? It's so intense. He, maybe anyway. he doesn't even know he does it. Maybe he doesn't know he does it. It's pretty cool though. Um, yeah, I would love. I think that'd be a super interesting panel. Yeah, yeah I would no, definitely. Really I might cool. register for that. Um, I always register for panels and then I put them on my calendar and then I'm like, I'm busy. They always and I don't go. I'm doing something else. Exactly. Same I know. Mm. Got to prioritize. Got to prioritize the cool shit. They can't schedule right. these things during daily tech news show prep. That's all I got to say. That's the problem. That's, That's the, the problem. problem. There is your problem. All right. Well, now it is time for bear your sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Paul was among many people disappointed with us. Uh, He said, a sword and laser pick got social media famous. This is how Mm -hmm. you lose the time war, becoming a best-selling book because some Twitter account that combines a Trigon character with a Monty Python reference told people to, so wild, eat your heart out, Colleen Hoover. I checked, and there's a big hold list on it at my library now. About time a quality sci-fi book gets a chance to shine. I read the interview with Amal El-Motar, linked in the Quick Burns, and found it so fascinating. This is a lot of word salad about something we didn't talk about at all in the last show. So yeah. But basically there was, there. there was a whole meme thing that happened mm-hmm. and it has to do with a person whose name refers to Monty Python and Trigon. And that's why if you see, this is how you it lose the word time. We probably trending. shouldn't say it. It's like, is it like biggest dickus or something? Yes, it's biggity dickus or something like big, with an L. Biggle, like biggest dick, dickus. The, the way Biggles. you said it is the way they say it in Monty Python. Ah, 
I like that you said that's probably a word we shouldn't say, and then you said it. <laughs> just absolutely just went out <laughs> and, and said it. Out, I already so. said S H I T. So yeah, and so did I. Wow, this is a raunchy episode. I've had a couple glasses of wine. Mm, I'm not gonna I had lie. A margarita with I had it with my tacos. Ooh, with your did that make the tacos taste better? Uh, no, because I was already ate the tacos by the time the margarita came. Oh, <laughs> order of operations, Tom. Serious. Order of operations. Oh, no. I ordered properly. They didn't bring it in time. Oh, I'm sorry. They did the thing where they came. Is there anything else? And I'm like, we're still waiting on You're margaritas. Like, yeah, the drink I ordered half like, an hour oh, ago. Crap. Yeah. You could tell he, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You should have gotten two margaritas for that mishap. I should have. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, yes, I don't know. We didn't talk about it. We're sorry. Paul was not the only one to call us on the carpet for that. No, we got we definitely got <laughs> yelled at for that one. It was a pretty pretty big sci-fi fantasy story, and it did relate to a book we read. So we it really did. should have covered no, it. I just kind of it happened. Wrong. You're not wrong. You know, we can't win them all. We do our best over here. Just doing our best. I try to um, I try to uh have a good radar for avoiding things that are like that's just a a wellspring of 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 a mess that's not going to make anybody happy and this was not that. <laughs> so it wasn't that. It, no, yeah. it was just a funny story that exactly. we just didn't talk about. Yeah. yeah. And Tomahome says better late than never. I still don't know if we're actually doing it any justice. We no, haven't actually explained not. what happened. Yeah, no. Um, Cuz I'm not really sure remember. I entirely understand what <laughs> The the long and short of it is there was a tweet. It was written by yeah. someone with a funny name, and, and it, it was about and that not book. Lose the time war is now like extra popular, popular which is They're great. trending. Yeah, it's trending, or it was probably not anymore, but it was. Book talk was a flame. Twitter talk, book Twitter was a flame. Everyone was was uh, very excited about social media and how to win the time. Finally, war. it's about right. time people get excited about social media for once. I know. Right. Um, Trek has an interesting, uh, thread about, uh, the long and short of it, long books versus short ones. He says, one of my common refrains in my reviews is this should have been shorter. <laughs> the mm. novel reading equivalent of this could have been an email. So I was looking at my book list and there's a clear pattern. The longer the book, the lower my rating. There are exceptions, but overall that's consistent. For shorter works like novellas, novelettes, and short novels, the rating distribution is much more normal. Some good, some bad, but more clustered around the three-star rating, so like the median rating. Um, I don't have a bias against long books. Rather, it's a case for dim of diminishing returns. After a certain point, you're just treading water in terms of story and character development, and that extra 250 pages isn't enhancing that. Interesting. Oh, I accidentally gave the thumbs up on Zoom because it's recognizing my gesture. <laughs> that's funny oh i see that it's like um i i don't know uh it sounds like you do have a bias against that the data seems to indicate there is a bias to get a little bias <laughs> but is it a, is it a bias i mean so there's a you know there's the objective reality which is that trike rates books that are shorter higher yeah then right. there's the subjective question of does he like them because they are shorter. Yeah. Now you could, you could, I think what, what Trike's trying to argue is that uh, it is more difficult for a book to be good the longer it goes on because you have more of a chance to F it up. Well, he has a hypothesis that the yes. reason he doesn't like them exactly. is because they so, are, yeah. What we need to do, I mean, this is all based on Trike, 
is we need to get some controls in this and look at other people to find out, is that overall true? Do people generally tend to rate longer books lower than shorter books? Or is this specific to trike or third option? Is there like a subculture of people who don't like long books and trike is one of those people? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beth counters with good question, trike. I thought about my own answer for a little while, and the short version is that the length doesn't matter at all that much to me as long as the length is purposeful, that the author has a decent idea what shape best fits their story, or at least has worked on knocking it into shape, including killing their darlings after the first draft. I'm cool with a 600-page fantasy wallow, not much more, now and then, including the occasional slowdown for world-building background. So I, the author, will now demonstrate to you that I'm aware that an army needs a supply chain, etc., during an otherwise interesting journey for the characters. Novellas can be sparse, underdeveloped, and forgettable, etc. She goes on to explain, you know, why short books can also be bad or not as good, not as satisfying. So it uh, really depends, is kind of the TLDR. Ruth said uh, she's a bit of a Goldilocks, prefer a book that's not too short and not too long. 300 to 400 pages feels about right. I'll enjoy longer books if the writing is good, but as Phil says, I'm much likelier to lend a long novel than a short one. Mm, But mm -hmm. Tassie Dave said, uh, it's a journey, not a destination. I've read three volume tomes that I wished were longer and short books that should have been novellas. Vice versa. Depends on the writer. Yeah. I mean, the, the book we're reading right now is, is pretty beefy and I have been completely sucked in from chapter one. Yeah. So like, I don't think that's going to be a problem for me in this particular case. So, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes longer books really do. I mean, King Killer Chronicle, pretty long book. Yeah. George R. R. Martin, you know, anything from Song of Ice and Fire, oh, long ass long. book. Baroque Cycle, you know, Neil so, Stevenson, very long. Yeah. Book that I enjoyed. Mm, now, here's the thing you, less so on my end. I was going to yeah. say, you, yeah. and I knew that when I said it. You may say, well, but that's not a very good book. Um, and I don't mean but you, that's, Veronica. But it wasn't, but, I didn't find it boring because it was long. Exactly. Yeah. I think it has to do with taste more than anything. And if you, and, and in Trike's case, maybe length is something that he doesn't like. And the longer a book gets, the more yeah, patient okay. he gets. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's, a, that's a taste thing. It doesn't mean long books are bad. It's, it's just another doorway into the story. I think someone, someone in here name checked one Q84. I can't remember if it was a positive or a negative, mm. but I really liked one Q84. Yeah. That was, that was a hit for me. That is it didn't usually, bother me that it was long. That is usually my example of a, I liked soaking in it book where I didn't even care what the plot was. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Coyote says she found it long because it was boring. Hmm. But Trike's mm. arguing that he all he more often finds long books boring, and that's because they're long. So that's the right. that's the hypothesis. Where I think it's all it's very subjective. I yeah. guess that's really I mean, what it, it really comes is, down to. For sure, it's personal taste. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, we have um, we have to kick off a book and we have to wrap up a book. So let's let's get through this thing quickly. Um, so we are going to do uh, a non-spoilery book kickoff of Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. And then a totally spoilery wrap-up of Children of Time by Mr. Eyebrows himself, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Um, I love his eyebrows, by the way. This is not a diss. I don't mean to make <laughs> – I'm, I'm not trying to talk smack on his eyebrows. I mean, I love I love a strong eyebrow. It's very in right now. Um, 
what was I saying? Let's, uh, we're let's kicking kick off, off Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is a brand new book by Rebecca Yaros. Uh, her first book, while uh, she wrote her first book while her husband was deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan, in between taking care of their two daughters and four mm. sons, her first publishing deal came during her husband's fourth deployment. He has now returned home and retired from the military. They are diehard Mets fans, but live in Colorado. And a sequel, if you're like, uh, I don't know if I want to start Fourth Wing, if there's nothing more, because I might like it. Uh, Iron Flame comes out November 7th this year. So you're getting in on the ground floor. There's nothing else in this series out yet, but there is another book in the series coming. Very cool. Very cool. So um, how would good, you describe this like without it. spoiling it? It's Dragon School, right? Dragon School. Murdery, sexy Dragon School. Murdery, sexy Dragon School. Yeah, that's good. Violet Sorengale is the daughter of a big general. She wants to be a scholar and her mom wants her to go to dragon school. But in dragon school, everybody gets to kill you. Is that your blurb or is this the official that's my, blurb? That's my blurb. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, yeah. I'm taking it. I'm, I'm taking it from this, not from actually reading the book. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pulling in bits from other uh, blurbs. One of the blurbs just was like blood, intense violence, brutal injuries, death, poisoning, graphic language. Oh, that's not a blurb. That's actually Rebecca Yaros's trigger warning. No, that's that's the trigger warning. That is yeah. actually I'm listening to the audiobook, and that's yeah, the first right thing the they beginning. do in the audiobook. Yeah. yeah. So there yeah. is a lot of stuff you should be aware of if you are uh, sensitive to these kinds of elements you you want to pay attention to that one because this has got a lot of intense stuff in it yeah i'm i'm pretty far along so far and there are definitely a lot of dead young people so far but it's i wouldn't say it's gratuitous necessarily no, unless you so find either. any murder of a 20 something gratuitous they're not children they're adults. So if that's, you know, they're young adults, but they're not, they're, mm-hmm. they're all above 18. Yeah, that's true. When um, we say school, we should say this is more like yeah, college. They're not, they're not six. <laughs> yeah. They're like college age. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't make it a lot better, but it makes it, if, if that is a barrier in your brain, yeah. uh, hopefully yeah, yeah. that will help with that. It does with me. Um, so. And dragons. Yeah. And dragons. I haven't gotten to, like, I've gotten to dragons in the world yet i haven't had any face-to-faces with dragons yet so mm. i'm sure that will be pretty sick when it happens face to smoking face so yeah we haven't read a book like this in a while that feels like tomahome calls it new adult hmm. um it's like it feels like ya but adult ya yeah <laughs> what is that is that just fiction does it do they cancel each other out it's more like a vibe it's it's a it's a vibe. It, like the vibe is YA, but it definitely veers into the more romance adult zone. There is a, a word lot of YA for that, that, and I'm blanking on it now. But it's it's the college end of YA. Mm, okay, there's something. There's got to be an intermediary mm-hmm. where it feels like it feels the writing style is modern, so it feels like YA in that sense. The characters are youngish. It deals with youngish themes like school being out of sorts being in a new place relationships um relationships like the new guy versus the old guy Mm -hmm. like triangles (laughs) like friendships betrayals like all those things um that are kind of the hallmarks of those types of stories it's literally Um, young adult 
except we use that to refer to high schoolers. True. Like, true, true, true. Like just being literal about it. These are adults, but they are the youngest of adults. They're young grownups. Yeah. So new adults, pretty good. I like that. I like that. New adult, new adult. Um, but all of that is not to hopefully did not come off as derogatory because I'm really enjoying it so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Um, no, they're like they're like early twenties. I no, think the main character. Being, he's just being funny. You like oh, they're, with me? they're adults, so they must me? be early thirties because kids in their twenties aren't adults. <sighs> I'm an old man. Yeah, Get they're off like whatever. They're zoomers. They're total zoomers. I mean, yeah, this world. They're alphas. They no, they're not alphas. Alphas are now. Are we calling them alphas zoomers, are babies. Though? I don't like that. Let's call them Gen Z. Let's 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 not go Zoomer. I don't. Right, know. Let's be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Gen Xer would say that. Uh huh. Exactly. Damn millennials <laughs> trying to call them Zoomers. You're not even in the conversation anymore. I hope you realize. Like we they never basically were, erased so we're not, Gen we're, Xers yeah. from the lexicon. No, you like it's millennials, you, you and then we jump to boomers now. You didn't erase it. We just were never there. That that's the way we've been our entire lives. So we're used to that. Well, totally no one was fine. ever respectful to millennials. Like we were like the laughing stock of the generations, and now like you like now to everyone think that, just feels now everyone just feels bad for us. Yeah, that's like, how the oh, boomers felt. Too. Boomers You're and millennials so are basically the same generation. Except you guys are a little harder. I think you're a little harder. I think we're a little more emotionally like what sensitive. Guys? I, what guys? You guys are a little you, harder. You Xers, you're we're not in the I didn't we're say like, Xers and millennials are the same. I said boomers and no. millennials are the oh. same. What? Whoa. <laughs> Insulting. Whoa. No. So sensitive, both of you. Yeah, I'm very sensitive. I'm extremely no, both sensitive. Generations. I mean, I'm just choshing. You're messing with me today. That's what You're we do in my me. generation. You're messing with me. That's, that's, all, that's the hallmark of an Xer for sure. Millennials and boomers didn't, millennials did not ruin anything. Coyote. Boomers ruined everything. Coyote Brown's an Xer. I'm going to start a generational rift in this chat right now. All right. Uh-huh. This is going to be problematic. I don't believe anything the New York Times is say, says fake news. Oh, wow. I said it. Shots just fired. kidding. That's not true. That's not true. I don't, I don't, I subscribe to the New York Times. Oh. <laughs> I just was messing and cooking both. All right. Let's wrap up the spider book. Okay. Yes. So that is it for Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. And we will be discussing it more at length uh, in June because it's the June book. But uh, we are now going to be spoilery and wrap up Children of Time by Adrian Tchaikovsky. And I want to be extra clear that we're being spoilery and give you extra time to stop listening if you don't want to be spoiled about Children of Time. Because I'm going to jump right to the end with my first thoughts. All right. Is that cool? Do it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I loved that we're like just headed out like <laughs> spiders and humans teaming up. Let's explore the best. It was a very nice ending. It was the best I thing thought. ever. Yeah. Like there's more out there. And I'm like, who else is out there? Like, I can't wait to find out. That's a great way to get you into the series. Cause I felt like they completed the story of this. They didn't leave you with a cliffhanger that you had to read the next book, but you know, there's other cool stuff. Like if the spiders happened, that's just one thing of this vast empire that he has built the mythos around. Uh, I, 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 I thought that was genius. I love that. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a nice, a nice wrap up to that ending. I like how they played it at the end, like the, so I had already been spoiled as I mentioned in the previous episode that the spiders were going to use the nanovirus to basically give the humans empathy, um, about their situation and see each other as like, you know, 
children of the same world effectively, like mm-hmm. see the commonalities between their species, et cetera. And, um, but I was really excited to see how they got there. But I did like how Tchaikovsky kind of like set it up as those spiders were going to kill the humans in some way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that Kern was kind of like, I don't agree with their methods, but whatever. I, you know, I can't control them anymore. And, but also in my mind, I was like, oh, that's funny because I know if you know anything about Kern, you know that she's the one who will probably wanted to kill all the humans totally, right? yeah. if she had her way. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was a funny little, little twist at the end there, but I thought, it, ugh, thought it was so clever. Like what a good, what a good setup and what a good way of doing it. Um, yeah. Like chat, chat is talking about how they took away their free will. Yeah. We don't, maybe we don't deserve free will. Okay. Like maybe humans, like at that point in our, our world, like roadmap history, I would say like at that point, like you, you heard what's your face. I can't remember the science, the science. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The name, one that was- Vis- Vic- yeah. Mm-hmm. Begin with a V. Um, and she was like, basically like, there's no, there's no really good outcome that we can depend here on. The only outcome we can go with is whatever is more likely to save the human race. Well, and it's to, wiping out all these other, these other creatures. We can't depend have, on them to trust you have, us. You have to have free will in the first place to lose it. Hmm. Hmm. So are you saying we never had free will? Uh, scientifically speaking, there's no evidence of free will. Sweet. <laughs> takes a lot of pressure off when you think about it. I mean, it doesn't really because we can't help but experience the world as if you. we have it. So, yeah. 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 So anyway, I thought of that when they when they kind of changed their mind, changed their minds <laughs> literally. Mm-hmm. Um I was like, yeah, but who's to say that there wasn't something that kept people thinking the way they were thinking before and they just changed the underlying substrate and they have just mm. as much free will now as they did before. Just with yeah, different. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of conversations you can have about yeah, like yeah. why it's wrong to do these things. And effectively, they're treating the humans the same way they treated the ants, which is, you know, like enslaving them. And mm-hmm. that's wrong. And it's never good for like a more powerful species to assume that they know what's best for any other species or any other peoples, which is effectively what the spiders are doing, even though to not do so would be at the cost of their own extinction in two cases. Um, but you know, the overall outcome is that everybody Everybody's happy. ended up pretty happy. <laughs> so, Are you saying that so, the ends justified the means? For the I might be saying that in wow. this case, which is opening up a huge can of worms that I don't really want to dive into. And Spiders I understand like why it's problematic. <laughs> I understand that is problematic. Uh, um, there's also the question, like just just to help you sidestep all of that, uh, the question of what a spider's ethics actually are, yeah. Versus, like we're projecting our own human ethics uh, onto the spiders, but the spiders don't think like us. TT mm. Lynn says, but humans did the nanovirus first, so you could say they infected themselves. No, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Definitely, yeah. Like yeah. there, there would be no spiders to do this to the humans if the humans hadn't created the virus that created the spider intelligence. They really, they really just got a taste of their own delicious nanovirus medicine. Venom. Yep. Yep. 
so uh, yeah, I liked, I, I liked, I like, I thought the ending was very fitting and very uh, appropriate mm-hmm. and was, you know, in many ways a happy ending. So that's good. Nice to have a happy ending once in a while. Um, yeah. The spiders were definitely the team to cheer for. It felt like. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I cheered for many humans. Um, yeah. I th- if, if anything, that's a bit of a weakness. We, we had some bad spiders, but Portia was pretty much always a hero, uh, maybe a flawed hero in certain eras. Uh, and, and side note, I loved having the same name for the different character types in every era. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a mm-hmm. clever way of making sure that we we followed what was going on. But you didn't have the equivalent of the evil spiders. At, right. And you, you got close, especially in a couple of later eras, but it was not nearly as clear cut as it was with the humans. Well, that wasn't that. That's not in their nature. You know, their nature has Maybe. been. I mean, via the via the nanovirus. I mean, one of the nanovirus's most important traits was to instill that sense of community. I mean, that's, that's the whole true. reason they went but from humans have a sense of community too. We just, but not in our in our DNA. I we guess do. I yeah. guess literally in our DNA. Yeah, yeah. It's wired. It must be wired differently. I guess. Yeah, but maybe that. But to your point. Maybe they, yeah. they're just wired not to have as many internal conflicts because they're more hive oriented where we're well, it more was tribal. Hard. I mean, there was that period where they did get into the kind of warring factions. Yeah. yeah. They based did, the they, religious wars mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah. They did. They did go into that area. It's not like they were free of any of that stuff. It's a good point. Right. But they were able to get their way out of it because they found a common, a common cause to, a common, to rally against. enemy. A common enemy. Man. <laughs> That's why humanity needed. That's why we need aliens. That's why we need aliens to come to Earth. That that's going to be the thing that solves. Or spiders. Or alien spiders. Probably alien spiders. It's war of the worlds all over again. So, or three body problems. Sure, whatever. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tom Hovey. You're right. You're right. Um, there's an excellent thread. Um, that Count Zero or started uh, in the in the in the Goodreads about references to other works. Um, so they said I, I did find a few little references to other books or authors hidden or in some cases not hidden at all. Uh, this, this part is factually inaccurate, but we'll correct it later. But there is a reference to to Bryn uh, in the story, um, considering author David Bryn wrote the Uplift series, which was about genetically uplifted mm. animals who were augmented to make them sentient and eventually giving them human level intelligence. So yes, clear clear reference there. Um, Kern's plan involved primates, and Bryn's novels involved a bunch of non primates as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also the chief engineer's last name being Lane was just odd enough to make me wonder if it was a reference to the anime series, hmm. serial experiments, Lane. Um, uh, I'm not familiar with that one myself. Veronica says, uh, any other references anyone picked up? And then there's a lot of talk about the names. I mean, we were joking yeah. last week about Portia being a very Valley girl name, but Portia is a mm-hmm. scientific name for jumping spiders, as Jan right. says, um, which was explained in the book. And then there's uh, a lot of Shakespearean references, it sounds like, through Fabian, Fabian and uh, Bianca and a Fabian, Fabianism also being like a, a socialist, um, socialist, what's the word I want? Utopia. Uh, Fabianism, it's a socialist movement oh, oh, I that see. rejected I uh, the revolutionary doctrines of Marxism. And recommends instead a gradual transition to a socialist society, which, uh, mm. as Jan says, 
pretty much would describe uh, Fabian's Fabian's approach to changing spider culture, particularly mm. for the males. Yeah. And uh, it was Bryn Bryn Two. That was the station, the right. facility. Right. That's that's the Bryn reference. Chapter names. A lot of the chapter names were references to other other sci-fi worlds and stories. So yeah, a lot of good stuff there. Very cool. I this this whole thread is basically a bunch of people who are much smarter and better at remembering all these things than I ever have been. So kudos to all of you. Yeah, good for knowing we'll so much more that whole thing in the show about these as references. Well. Totally. All right, and then our last thread is about the ending, and of course it is spoiler heavy. Uh, this one comes again from Jan, who says, "I love Children of Time, but feel a teeny bit ambiguous about the ending." Um, the ending is presented, uh, presented, and maybe we covered this, so maybe we won't go into this too much, Veronica says. Uh, the ending is presented as positive, and at first I also felt happy about it, but after a couple of days, that nagging question of free will in relation to the ending reared its head inside my mind, especially since there was an explicit comparison to the integration of the ants into spider society, which definitely wasn't to the advantage of the ants. Was it not, though? That could be arguable. I mean, we are, we're treading over the same ground we talked about earlier, basically. Yeah, so much. So I guess it's, it's more like if you would like to jump into the complications of this discussion that we previously touched upon, this would be your, the thread for you. Absolutely. And thank you, Jan, for starting that one. Totally. All right. I guess that is, that's all we got. Tom, do you have anything else? No, I really enjoyed this. Uh, it was a, it was a, um, a, a fun time to sit down and read it every evening. Uh, mm-hmm. and I definitely f- tried to find time in my podcast listening moments where I'm walking the dog or whatever to, to read it as well. So I, I, I had a great time. Good. Yeah. I think I, I really enjoyed this book as well. I'm super enjoying, uh, June's pick. So yeah, great selection. And thanks for all the uh, suggestions for the June pick from all the listeners out there. I think it was a, a good one. I'm excited about it. And yeah, it's a little long, but I think you'll enjoy it too. I'm I'm sucked in right from the beginning on that good. one. It's really compelling. Excellent day. All right. And thank you so much to all of our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Our show is currently entirely funded by you. And one of those ways you can support us is by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. We totally forgot to talk about Ant Computer. That was so cool. Oh, Ant Computer. We'll talk about it. We'll have to bring it up next time. They made a computer. They Kern's yes, whole brain we, was like, in the ants. So, so what? Are, what is? What is our editor supposed to do with this now? I don't know. I <laughs> don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to say that the ant computer was so cool. I uh, was like a really big highlight. Yeah. And anyway, that's. It we was, could talk about it and then tell them to edit. Okay, out we can finish the, the outro. No, it's fine. They don't have to edit anything. It's fine. All right. So Jim, don't edit anything. This is just a bonus, a bonus conversation. So what the, how did that even work? How could they possibly have a computer? But we haven't finished the show yet. Well, the, who cares? So he's going to have to edit. It's still in the show. He doesn't okay. have to edit anything. Oh, we're just going to leave don't it like this. Anything. Right, just leave right. it like this. Yeah, so it's trash. Computer. It's fine. Tell me. We're all garbage people. It's good. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. What are you talking Girl. about? Freaking millennials. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I'm terrible at my job. It's fine. Love me. Please, God. I'm going to cry. Um, okay. So this is ant computer. So the spiders somehow figure out how to use the ant colonies, harness the power of the ant colonies to, to do 
complex computing processes. Oh, yeah, that was such a cool concept. There's so many cool concepts uh, in the in this book, and and the idea of using the hive as switched computing as binary. Yeah. Oh, so binary. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was essentially like ant binary, which yeah. was like so mind blowing. And like all the things they did that were like different ways of like, what did I think actually, um, Karst said something. I think he said something that was really funny towards the end, which was like, like, paleolithic spacefaring spiders or something like that. Like he said something mm-hmm, about like, mm-hmm. like they're basically cave people, but also like have the technology <laughs> to travel into space. Yeah. And it's so true because like they figure out like all these really hacky ways, like really lo-fi ways to like do intense scientific Yes, steampunk. They're steampunk spiders for steampunk sure. Spiders. I love, and the fact yeah. that the ants are like pixels in video display, where like each of their perspective oh it, like informs the, a video. What do they screen. call it? Like the chromophone or something yes, like yeah, that? Something where like they that. could like mm-hmm. that's so cool. Um, so like their ability to to do all this stuff and to basically have a, a quote unquote computer powerful enough to house Avarna Kern's mind, her mm-hmm. AI mind, is like that is pretty astonishing. Yeah. It's just gates. Each ant, each ant is a is an andor gate. I didn't I didn't tr- spend too much time really like trying to think about the implications and like how that would actually work. And I kind of appreciated that Tchaikovsky didn't dig into that too much. You know, it was very, it was a little bit glossed over, but I think that was still, well, it still good been, enough. Honestly, to me, it would have been boring if he would have gone mm, too deep mm-hmm. into it. And um, maybe not for everyone. Some people might've dug it, but it would have distracted from the story to be, to yeah. go in, into the workings. You can, you get the gist of like, Oh, ants could work like that. We don't need to know how they made it work. That's a whole separate thing. Yeah. So pretty cool. I thought that was yeah, a neat, yeah, uh, was. a neat thing to talk about. All right. Now we can finish ending. Okay. If you want to get in touch with us. Oh, did you do the books? The, yeah, the supplying the books. books part? You mm-hmm. did that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, the email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. Or you can join our Discord. Find more info at swordandlaser.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, I wasn't recording. Oh, you know, I just literally had that fear too. As soon as you, I'm recording, okay. I'm totally Bye. Recording. Bye. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.